Jose is very much back and so are we on the FPL surgery. Welcome all once again, episode 151, give or take a few extras here or there, coming to you on the 26th of November 2019. We are creeping towards the Christmas period, which is going to throw up a few headaches for us all as usual this year. I want to welcome back my editor, co-host and man in the know when it comes to the stats in FPL. It is the Iceman. Thank you very much, Billy. This is the second week that you've referenced Spurs in the intro. And last week's intro went out of date within seconds of you saying it. So yeah. I'm a little bit hurt by this, Billy. Yeah, I'm a closet Spurs. No, I'm not at all. Um, it would be Don't fair to be. say I'm frustrated with our wonderful, um, glorious Arsenal. Let's not talk about them. Okay, so I can't talk Spurs. No Arsenal. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Let's, let's avoid North London. Should we, uh, should we talk about our guest? Yeah. Right, this week's guest, a contributor to Fantasy Football Scouts, five top 50k finishes the highest just just a quick five uh 580th so uh not bad company we're in here has finished fourth in the sky game and 17th in the sun which as someone that's played fpl as long as i have is actually more impressive because i remember when the sun involved posting your your transfers also be number one in both those games at some point welcome to the podcast luke williams aka disable Hello, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on for my debut. Welcome, Hopefully, Luke. I can um, give the home fans something to cheer about. Uh, just before we go any further, and uh, before we get any hate mail or complaints about the fact that I've just thrown the word "disable" at you, for those of you that don't know you, what what's the link between "disable" and you? Oh, it's very boring. It's a it's a name I used to use for uh, playing Guild Wars online games. Play a Mesber, and you try to disable the enemy casters. So that's the name I used, and it just stuck with me, and I never changed it. Simple as that. Excellent. So now you're disabling our FPL plans or enabling I'm not, I'm not sure how this is going to work but um, <laughs> it will no doubt no great to have you on board um, Luke tell the listeners a bit about how you fell in love with the artificial beautiful game which is FPL Oh, gosh. Um, okay. Well, playing at school for the first time, I don't even know how they actually ran the, the game. I don't think it was for a website or anything. I think it was just an internal thing. Played it for the first time. All I really remember about it was Steve Malbronk was an option, apparently, because I had him in my team and I finished first. Um, instantly kind of fell in love with it. From that moment, was interested to go out into the wider world, and I came across FPL. Um, if you, people were to look at my history, I actually played it for the first time. I think it was, yeah, 2017. 2008 hadn't got a clue what i was doing didn't understand price changes or any of that stuff don't even think i really made transfers i probably gave it up after a while and then went out and enjoyed life and forgot all about it i came back in 2011 2012 so three or four years later um, when i started playing sky around the same time so that was my first game and really got into that because it took a lot of planning which i think i was pretty good at um, and kind of fpl was my side game as we've moved on and FPL has become more popular, I've kind of taken FPL as my main game, I guess. How, how was life when you uh, went away from the game? How was that? Was that good? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was. Holidays, <laughs> you know, the usual things. Uh, not, not having to worry. No, exactly. Week. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've done that once. <laughs> Never again. Well, Luke, <laughs> thank you for that introduction. No, it's good to good to hear the uh, the history there. Looking forward to hearing your contributions to the FPL headlines tonight. And number one, after the Iceman has scolded me for for talking about Spurs in the introduction, the first headline is the rebirth of Spurs. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm going to turn off my mic in a second, I think. Number two, Liverpool concede again. Premium defence actually worth it? Are Leicester unstoppable? Looking that way at the moment. Let, let's hear what our, our guest has to say on that. Sterling Exodus, are we making the right decision to give up on Raheem? And number five, time for those sideways moves. So these, this is what we're going to get into this evening, morning or afternoon, depending on when you're listening. First of all, though, as tradition follows, let's talk about how we fared in our game week. So I'm going to come to Luke first of all. How did the last game week go for you, Luke? Yeah, well, it wasn't wasn't awful. Got a green arrow, so um, I guess it has to be a positive. I got sixty two points. My te- my team is very very template. My biggest error, I guess, was captaining Mr. Raheem Sterling ahead of Jamie Vardy, which um, was obviously a, a big net loss in the end. Uh, aside from that, the only real decision I made was to, to bench Mount, which I feel like I I got correct because obviously he didn't start the game but it's against City it wasn't any sort of um, magical brainwave I had there so yeah overall okay could have done a lot better if I'd have picked the captain right which has been quite a story of my season so far I think currently uh, 591,000 overall so yeah pretty strong a good template team there though but you've got Trossard and Saka in your team two random differentials yeah indeed Trossard is uh, I've basically got quite a lot of money because I've taken an awful amount of hits so Trossard is kind of an expensive bench player he did play this week for me but um with the defense just so strong as in the value in tamori and, and lundstrom etc uh, i don't know whether he's going to take to the field so it's something i have to look at moving forward as to what i'm going to do with him i am very keen on him as a player so that's why and uh, like you say is a differential so i, I kind of want to keep him despite the bad games just looking at your squad value you've got 105.1 value overall in mm. your squad now that's pretty hefty I, i'm nowhere near that do you do you track your squad value quite a lot i've kind of targeted this season i i like to play in different ways in different seasons and um this one i've tried to be very aggressive i've taken minus 44 i think in hits so far um which is a lot um wow. Yeah, so some of those have been uh, good and others have been fairly woeful. So it, ultimately, I think I've, I've got that money built up for hopefully some use later on. However, with the players like <clears throat> Sammy Abraham, uh, Lundstrom and, and not many heavy hitters sort of performing, it's questionable whether I'm going to even need that this season. But I guess there's a long way to go. So you're, you're doing which I kind of don't do pretty big hits there. Like you, I mean, like within the last three game weeks, you've taken a minus 12 and a minus 8 and you were 1.4 million. I'm currently at the million mark myself. Maybe this is something I should be doing, taking a random hit. Because those weeks, you scored 80 and 81, respectively, on those two weeks, you've taken massive hits. So, yeah, it does show that some hits, if you make the right decisions, do really work, don't they? Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, I didn't have Vardy. Um, he was killing me. So, I basically, that that was sort of the method behind it. I needed to get him in. And it, and it worked for me. So, you know, more often than not, they usually won't. But on occasion, there are some success stories. And last two weeks, definitely, have... have been on the up for me yeah definitely good work yeah great uh, great return for the last game week um Iceman I'm going to go in front of you this week you go ahead I'm going to go right in front of you yeah uh, actually I was very happy with my uh, my game week score of 67 no hits this week so yeah a nice just under 20 points above the average I got a nice nearly 300k jump in places so I'm now up to 671k so a little bit shy of our, our guest here this evening Main tactical moves to me was finally getting off the stubborn bus and getting Vardy in and skippering him for 
24. Nice. Uh, I've got Sionchu and Mings at the back. They've been quite nice alternatives. I haven't gone for premium defenders at the moment. But also Pope in goal. There was that little patch where we're all questioning Burnley and just, mm. I wouldn't say through any tactful skill, I just, I didn't prioritise getting rid of him and Heaton and they've both been scoring wonderfully ever since. So Pope has been a very handy surplus. And of course, Iceman, you loved uh, my inclusion of Greenwood who slipped off my bench for five. Oh yes, nice. Yeah, I did like that. The fact you've got, you only actually played 10 this week as well. Connolly was out. Yeah. You're yeah. a bit Run hampered around. for players. It was a bit Sunday league. I was ringing around to try and get a squad out and uh, we only ended up with 10 men, but they did the job. So. <laughs> I'm just extremely happy someone's got some points from Greenwood this season. That's amazing. Yeah, Fine. yeah. I mean, go, going by his points and uh, performances leading up to that, you wouldn't think so. But he, he was scoring in the cup competitions and he was still a useful kind of bench fodder for a point here or there. But he's, uh, yeah, I've, I've fluked that one, but I will take that. So happy with my game week. Nice work. A nice man. Yeah, so again, I am very average. I took a minus four because I needed Vardy as well. So I brought in Vardy, Tillemans and Lundstrom. And I was up in that move because I took out Connolly, KDB and Luca Dean. So effectively, I am up in that, but only just. I did, in fact, Captain Aubameyang, which only got the five. He should have scored twice, really should have. But it is Arsenal and you don't know what to expect from them. So yeah, only 57 minus four, so 53. Not great. Uh, I'm not going to list my overall rank so far. Still a long way to go, though. Mm. Long way to go, I suppose. I'll just take a couple of hits, 12-point hits, 8-point hits, and then suddenly I'll be on around the 500 mark. That's how it works. That's it. Yeah. yeah, let's yeah, sell and, that. And another th- you can say the same thing as the likes of Emery and Solskjaer. G- give you another third of the season, you'll be back up there again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll keep, keep you in the job. Just keep, just keep them there, yeah. That's it. Right, okay. Well, let's uh, just a quick shout out to our patrons. So, as ever, those of you that listen to us every week will hear me say this often, those that are new. But we've got the Patreon website and we have an account on there where you can choose to support the pod if you would like to. We've got some wonderful people continuing to pledge to and support the podcast week in, week out. Through doing this, you get the opportunity to join our Slack channel to be involved in competitions, our Patreon mini league. And we also do some exclusive extra pods and content on the international game weeks and the game weeks when we wouldn't have a standard pod so lots to gain from that but really if you just want to support the podcast anything is much appreciated patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery uh, shout out to andy portlock vince poyle and ron frosk who have all been pledging at the highest tier to us so thank you for your continued generosity and and uh, ron frosk has been on the pod and the others will be on the pod uh, sooner rather than later so thank you all Let's get back to the FPL headlines then. So, Iceman, I know you've been itching to talk about this one, the rebirth of Spurs. Jose Mourinho walked back into another high-profile premiership job this week, started with a victory. So, an NT abroad has asked today um, on Slack, Dele Alli has two goals, one assist in his last five. He looked very good against West Ham with Mourinho now at the helm. Could he be viable and a cheaper option than Son? Uh, and Chris Tan has asked which Spurs assets to punt on to ride this new manager bounce. Before I throw that open to you guys, I just want to comment on this. I don't know if anybody saw the uh, the, the viral tweet from Ali from about seven years ago when he bemoaned Jose Mourinho. 
It was uh, it was false and made up that one. <laughs> that was de- was it definitely made up? Yeah, because you're not allowed over a certain amount of characters, and that definitely was the certain. Amount oh, that's of a characters. shame, but that that yeah. one got me a kipper. That one absolutely got me a kipper. But I do I do think um, in Mourinho's system, proving a point or not, Ali would suit quite well if we look at the way that Mourinho set up in the past. So um, I'm definitely looking at him now. What what's your thoughts on him, Luke? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's hard to know how good Spurs are really after just that one game. Um, I know that uh, he touched on the fact he's obviously scored a couple and assist in his last five, so there's a little bit of form pre-Jose. But I think it's it's sort of con- con- convoluted as a result of West Ham. We just It's very hard to judge just how good they were in that performance. I know tonight while we're speaking, uh, Tottenham are now 4-2 up. I don't know if you're going to you guys oh, knew Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I even I had think... in my notes, they're losing 2-0 to Olympiacos, so who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, yeah indeed. Four. So Dally... conceded two early goals. Oh, and now they're got just and yeah, he scored just before half time. Apparently, he was um, well, just going by social media, he was very bad before that. But that's Deli Alley all over. He often looks not that great on the pitch and loses the ball quite a lot. But quite often, uh, certainly in the past, produces results. So in 2015, 16, and the season 17 and 17, 18, so three seasons in a row, he produced double digit returns for goals and assists in all three of those seasons. Just short on nine on the on the 17, 18, but made up for it in assists. 70 to 225 points in all three of them. So. There's a player in there. Um, Good stats. Great stats. Yeah. So it's just whether we, whether Jose can get it out of him. And so far, I guess two games and he seems to have returned points in both of them. So I do like him as a pick. And I'm looking at him possibly for Trossard. Um, I'm just hesitant because of the West Ham thing, I think. Maybe. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, he did look instrumental against West Ham, but it was against West Ham. He even gets to play the ball on the floor, apparently. But he, <laughs> he, he wasn't shooting much. Two shots from outside the box in that game. Obviously, mm. you've got Lucas and Son and Kane all going for the goals, really. It's where you're going to see the goals from. Um, I even messaged James from uh, Planet FPL pod. I just said, oh, what's happening to the Spurs tonight? And he just said, well, West Ham were really bad on Saturday, I guess. And now they're 4-2 up, so... <laughs> Could go either way. Maybe Mourinho, I've seen he's taken off Dyer at the 29th minute for Ericsson, so maybe he is changing things there. Who knows? It's really, it is really hard to tell. They have kind of started well if they're scoring goals three and four in the first two games that he's, he's taken. But yeah, when they were losing 2-0 against Olympiacos, I just thought, well, they've started with the same team against West Ham, so who knows what is going to happen there. I mean, if you look at Kane, he's got two tonight. He's scored an offside goal against West Ham. He worked well with Ali, Moore and Son in that game but again I'm going to go back to it you know they were playing a West Ham team and the worst goalkeeper ever by the looks of it in Roberto he got the headed goal but he only got the two shots and Kane before what was it last season or the season before was really one for having multiple shots the volume of his shots Mm. really really enjoyed that with him it was just a captain option all the time now you don't know whether he is a given captain option because you don't know where that's going to come because you know Tottenham got 15 shots against West Ham and he he only got two of them Mora and Son with three each he he only got the one shot in the box as well but 23 goals in 23 games for club and country this season now yeah he's still scoring that's the thing he is still getting the goals it's mm. how much faith you've got in him really but if you look at son now he obviously got the goal on the assist only the one shot in the box where which he did score but he did create the three chances in that one as well and son 
is actually Tottenham's leading goal scorers, uh, leading goal scorer in all competitions in 2019, scoring two more than Harry Kane so far as Candia. But tonight, I think Kane has now matched that. It's difficult if you've got a Spurs player. Obviously, you're not going to move them on. If you're wanting to take a punt on them early, maybe now is the time to just go for it. You can always move off. They've they've got different price ranges where you can just move off to to other players which will be available. So if I could get Son in on. I would definitely bring him in. A lot of people are looking at the Sterling Sterling move down as well, whether or not that's an option. So, yeah, a lot of people are tempted by him. But for me, I kind of want to wait a little bit longer just to see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Son is, is still the one to have. Again, just going back to his, his last three seasons, he scored pretty much bang on 170 points. He's got 174, 178, 159. So you can be fairly sure that it may be around that amount again. Um, however, in those three seasons, he only played between 2,000 and 2,200 minutes. So in all three of them, it was roughly around there. Now, I think max minutes is around 3,800 or something. So I think there was issues in those seasons. I mean, there was international tournaments. We had injuries, even had to battle rotation in sixteen seventeen. He was never really first choice. So I think the only thing that really held Sun back from breaking the 200-point barrier and, and going beyond is is minutes and I would have thought that Sun is now well established as as one of their main starters so I think it's a pretty safe bet if we're seeing you know over 3,000 minutes he's going to break 200 points which is a pretty good return I think so I, I think he's still a great option even if Jose hadn't taken over I still think he would have been a pretty good option for the season long at that price yeah he wasn't playing badly before Jose came in no. as well. yeah it's I mean like, there, there are players available there even Aurea he scored tonight as well and he got forward got the assist in the West Ham game as, as well he's an option more as one which people are looking at seven mil which is very tempting and he it does get quite far forward, probably not as much as Son. Yeah, he can probably improve on his finishing. But at that price, almost worth a punt. You just don't know whether or not he's going to keep that place and whether Jose is going to bring in Ericsson because I know he said that I want to see where Ericsson's mind is at and whether or not he's going to be committed. He came in for Dyer tonight. Maybe that's made a difference. I don't know. Although they he, went... set up, he set up Kane's fourth goal. Yeah, so maybe he's going to start him now. Jose is not one to... He just wants to win games, doesn't he? So... I think he'll play him if he thinks he's going to win with him. And I think Ericsson has been the missing cog for them because if you look at it, when City are without KDB, it really shows. And I think when Tottenham are without a player like Ericsson, I think it shows for them as well. And I think he's going to make a difference if he plays, but I'm just not sure if he's going to. So whether or not he's going to take Mora's place, that's a little bit of a worry. I, I also think the fullbacks are a bit of an issue for Spurs and have been a while since they... Since they lost Carl Walker, really, um, and then Trippier, obviously, who took over and then subsequently went. I think they've had issues providing sort of service for Kane in particular. Uh, Rose started to sort of backtrack. And Davis, for one season, was absolutely incredible, if you guys remember. Like, yeah, was churning yeah. out assists and everything. Yeah. Um, and he's not quite kept that up. So, I, I guess it's on Aurea, who is very advanced, to to um, mm. to make those attacking moves for him. So, it'll be interesting to see. I might be one area that Jose will look to address. But obviously, that doesn't really matter for FPL right now. So it's just whether Kane can get the service. I think, like we said, it's he needs those shots to be considered a good option and they need to be able to give him the ball in the right areas. So it's just one to watch for me for now. Yeah, he has started... Ori has um, got another goal and assist tonight. So yeah. I don't know if, if, if that's going to be... Um, if you think about Jose, the, the fullbacks he's worked with in the past, the likes of Marcelo, 
Um, who was on the other side for Real Madrid? Carvajal, I think, when he was there. Um, he's used to quite attacking fullbacks, isn't he? So possibly, you know, we might see the best out of Ori now because he hasn't quite shown that since he's arrived from PSG. Yeah, and yeah. Davis didn't really get forward much in the West Ham game. And he started with the same team as he did against West Ham, just with Rose in the team. So, yeah, maybe this is his team that he, he likes. But we've, we've got to be wary that Jose's new to this job and whether or not he could change things now, he might decide different things. Like, you know, with Dyer, he's taken him out within 27 minutes. So I don't think Dyer was injured. I just think he changed his tactics. So Jose can do that. He's still at the start of his management there. I wouldn't bank on all of these players definitely being starters for him yet. Yeah. And you got the new manager bounce thing, you know, look at look at Oli Solskjaer if you want to look at what can happen. Um, so it's just, the problem is with these differentials, is there any differentials for a short amount of time? And it's just whether you, like you say, where, where, when is the time to go early on them? I think now is a good time and maybe waiting might not be as good. That's the issue we have to, yeah. to deal with. It's whether, <laughs> it's whether or not you're in the situation with your team, whether you can take that risk or not. Exactly. Uh, and go for it. Okay, that's enough Spurs talk for Yay. now. Stop it. <laughs> right, okay, our second headline. Liverpool concede again. Premium defence worth it? So I'm going to sequence these questions we've had. So um, Chris uh, Chris Hermitage on... Uh, I said that wrong completely. Sorry, Chris. Uh, on Twitter has asked, what are the defensive targets for the next few weeks or so outside of a Sheffield United double-up? I need to get Lowton out, seeing as he's lost his place. Uh, and Mark M. Bison, a regular uh, contributor, has said with just two clean sheets in 13 games and so many cheap defenders doing well, should we ditch our expensive Liverpool fullbacks? Which uh, Kieran Piddock on Twitter has said, uh, Trent the Troll. So Jamie Dodd, uh, again on Twitter, said, do we need premium defenders? You know, Lundstrom, Sionchu, Tomori, Tarkovsky, Chilwell, they're all performing well. They'd make big savings over Liverpool's dynamic fullbacks in TAA and Robbo. So there is the context. Luke, what do you think about the Liverpool defence premium defensive issue? I just don't know. It's so <laughs> frustrating, isn't it? I, I mean, I've personally got Trent and Robertson. Robertson's actually been great for me since I bought him in. I only bought him in a few weeks ago when he st- basically when he started hitting points. So him in isolation has been good for me, but obviously more for the attacking output. Trent is his numbers are incredible. You know, going on the eye test alone, it's scary watching a game and, and not having him in your team yet. Nearly every week he seems to return next to no points. So I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but given the fixtures they've got ahead of them and the fact that they're only conceding like. One goal, pretty much every game. Yeah, really annoyingly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, um, I think it's just bad. I mean, I keep going back to it. I still think it's bad luck and I still have faith, but I don't know how long I can continue down this vein of four. Um, Essentially, I'm going to just sit back and bear it and I'm going to ride out these good fixtures. If they continue to just concede over and over, then we only have to look across to uh, Leicester, I think, who basically doing the same sort of thing clean sheets and and uh, attacking points from Liverpool last season anyway uh, for a cheaper price so that's where I'll probably look to go if I have to and look for the double or even triple up well not triple up because I've got Vardy actually don't want to get ahead of myself so double up there I don't know about you guys yeah it's, I mean like they have got good fixtures now haven't they but they have had some good fixtures where they still conceded just mm. that one goal it's just uh, looking at the stats they, they are top four shots on target conceded you know they, they've conceded the least amount of shots on target but for actual attempts on goal they're like fourth and second over the last six over the last four and over the season so so they're, they're not 
at the top, which they were last season. So I think obviously something has slightly changed within that team, but I don't know what it is. Like, what what is it that's letting these mistakes? I mean, you look at it against Palace, and I could have seen Palace score about two goals in that game, and you know they, they did get their goal, which was justified. So it is difficult. They have got the good fixtures. If you look at it coming up, you expect them to get a clean sheet at. Brighton at home, even against Everton, you don't know what can happen, and that's the Merseyside derby. Bournemouth away, they can score against anyone. Watford at home, you expect another clean sheet. Then they've got the blank in game week 18, and then they've got Leicester away, and then Wolves at home. So after that, the, the fixtures aren't great, but for the next four, you expect at least two clean sheets. So for me, I'm, I'm definitely going to hold. I've, I've got two and I've had two all season. I haven't used my wild card yet, so I didn't have the chance to get rid of any of them. I've got Robertson and Van Dyke, And Van Dyke, you got three shots in the last game, so I'm still hoping for another goal, even though I only got the one in the first game of the season. But yeah, I'm, I'm expecting something from him at some point. But yeah, it's that clean sheet. You are willing it to come. I do feel like it will come. Definitely this, this game week at least. I really hope so because I've got triple up in my Sky team as well. I've had it for a few weeks now. It's been incredibly frustrating having double in FPL and triple in Sky yeah. and just seeing that one goal just ruin you know, five clean sheets essentially across two games. Yeah, really annoying. Right, okay. It's a, it remains to be seen, but it seems to be budget defenders are the way at the moment. And speaking of budget, who'd have thunk that Leicester would end up being the team that are chasing down Liverpool at the top of the league? The question is, are they unstoppable, Luke? It certainly appears to be that way at the moment. Four clean sheets in a row now, I think it is for Leicester. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying it's that's probably the, the best sequence we've had this season amongst all teams. I can't remember any other team putting... Well, even two clean sheets back-to-back very often. Um, Sheffield United may have a shout for that. But it's impressive when you look at the price that you're getting for, you know, Soyuncu and Chilwell, uh, even the keepers an option, I think. They don't seem like they're going to concede a goal in, in any game at the moment, and they're just incredibly efficient. You also factor in, I was looking through the team stats, and they're actually creating a chance every 4.9 minutes, which is only below City. So there was this kind of thought process that, you know they were they were incredibly efficient like Vardy, but not necessarily overly creative. However, you know the team stats for the last four weeks tell me that they're the second most creative team in the league. I mean everyone's behind City in that regard. So with the game still to come, I, I think for now, yeah, they are unstoppable. They just look so good as well when you watch them. They're just fantastic all over the pitch. Yeah, I, I watched them in their games where they played against 10 men, each of those games, 90 minutes of it, and I just thought, well, it must be because they're playing against 10 men. Then I watched them against Arsenal because I watched nearly every Arsenal game, and I just thought, this team are incredible. And they just look like a well-put-together team, uh, so fluid in what they do, they're passing, they know where each other's going to be. And yeah, I, I took a look at the, all the stats as well. As you said, second to City for attempts on goal in the last six, second for big chances, top for goals scored in the last six, for shots on target, big chances scored over the last six as well. It might be skewed a little bit with the 9-0 though over the last six. So I looked over over the last four as well. Again, they are second to City for attempts, shots in the box. Uh, They are top for goals, big chances and shots on target. And as you mentioned, they are the best in the league for defensive stats as well. They've only conceded eight out of what we on the 13th game week. Mm. Four four clean sheets in the last four, uh, six 
over the season, which is top. They are fourth for shots conceded on the season. Behind Man City, Everton, which is second, which is actually a surprise, so maybe you don't want a Captain Vardy this week, and Chelsea... And they are third behind Liverpool, who are top, and and Chelsea in second for shots on target conceded. So, in fact, they they didn't give Brighton a shot on target for the whole game in the last game. It just shows how well they're doing. And they've still got some good fixtures. They've got loads of players to choose from. They just seem to be the, the team which you need to have at least one or two of the assets, if not three. Completely agree. And the fact that league is going to be their priority, you would have thought, adds that extra dimension against the other top four, especially over Christmas. Yeah, they so, haven't got any European games to play in, have they? So it's, indeed. Vardy so, gets his rest. Yeah, they look like the perfect team um, to target at the moment, I think. And yeah, I only have two in my team currently. So uh, it's what how I get that third person. And I think it's probably going to be that defender um, at some point. But it's just when you do it. Let's go through the the players that you need. Obviously, you need Vardy. Again, just looking at his stats in the last week alone, he was top for shots, top for touches in the box, and had five big chances. Great stats now, which is not normally like Vardy. And I I thought I'd look at the last four because he's he's improved now. In the last four, he's actually top for big chances with 10. Four ahead of uh, second place, uh, Rashford. He's top for shots in the box with 14. Again, Rashford in second with 13. Top for shots on target with 12. Two ahead of Pulisic. Surprisingly, though, he was actually top for big chances missed on five. So he has scored the five goals consecutive Premier League games. He's got 12 this season, uh, four assists. It just looks like, it looks like his game has developed. And, you know, you look at it from the last three seasons. He's always been up there in the league's top goal scorers. He, he looks driven and just looks a hell of a player and could have had a hat trick against Brighton before he actually got his penalty. Mm. He looks a bit more unselfish as well, which, you know, it's not good for FPL, but, I do think he's one of these players which you really should have in by now. He's just constantly scoring points. Yeah, well, it's good for FPL if he's getting assists, which help with bonus for the for the strikers. Or not that Vardy needs any help in that area, to be honest with you. But um, I don't think he would have finished that chance if he hadn't passed for the goal. Um, so, yeah. It, yeah, in some ways it, it is good. And this isn't really a new thing. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I saw a stat, which I can't recall fully, but essentially it was since Brendan Rodgers has um, taken over. He's the highest scoring player in the yeah, league. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, he, yeah um, that's right. So there we go. I mean, what, what more do you need next season? If it carries on like this, he's going to be 12 million. Yeah, yeah he probably will be again. So let's quickly talk about the other options then. So you've got uh, Perez, maybe Gray, Madison, Tillemans. I've got Tillemans. I think you've got Madison, have you? I don't know. I've only got Soyuncu and Vardy. I actually had Pereira until recently and I swapped him for Soyuncu just for the value. But uh, just those two. So that's why I'm eyeing up a third somehow. I, I've got Tillemans as my as my midfield option. Sionchu's been amazing at the back. But whenever I watch them, Harvey Barnes really passes the eye test for me. Yeah. yeah. I know statistically perhaps not as, as much as the others, but he'll, he's a little bit cheaper. But he, Roger seems to have real faith in him. Um, and he, he just seems to be involved, either pass before the pass, or occasionally, you know, he'll he'll create one. But I think he, he would be a reasonable option, just given he looks to be ahead of Damari Gray at the moment. Definitely. I had him in Sky last season for a period where he was in the team as well. And then obviously yeah. this season it was a bit hit and miss at the start um, as to whether he was playing. I think you're always going to have those slight concerns over minutes, but at those price, at that price and the form that he's in, yeah, I like him as well. I think he's a good pick. 
Yeah, it's just those minutes are just troublesome, aren't they? With, I mean, I suppose with Tillemans, you know he's going to play. You know that Madison's always going to play as well. Perez is one which kind of always comes off, but he seems to be getting further forward now. Uh, he got four attempts in the last game, two chances created. So he's showing some form of form. Well, he, he got that hat-trick a couple of weeks ago against Southampton, had nothing since, and now looks like he could be an option. But yeah... I'm just very uneasy over this Christmas period about bringing someone in who you know is going to get subbed off, whereas you know the likes of Madison and Tillemans just won't. Look at the stats in the last game alone as well. Madison, three attempts, four chances created. Tillemans, no attempts, and only one chance is created, which you'd never like to see. You'd like to see some involvement in the attacking stats, which is a bit troublesome, but you feel like they could score from anywhere and it could come from either of those players. And uh, I, I think I prefer the minutes, so I, I would prefer the two of Madison and Tillemans if I had to go either of them, which I have, Tillemans. Tillemans it is. Okay, well, let's move on. To, well, whilst we're talking midfield, who better to talk about than Raheem Sterling? So the Sterling exodus, and we've had a number of questions about this yeah infamous fpl so this is on twitter what do uh, what to do with the highly owned sterling get rid or stick it and if get rid is son the repertoire i've butchered that question do we keep him or do we swap him for son mark uh, m bison has asked luke's uh, pod co-host aka goose famously said at the start of the season that sterling is the best player in the game and he'll be the highest point scorer will patience in sterling ever be rewarded an FPL Vader, again on Twitter, it's just simply our Sterling and Mount keep or sell. So let's talk all things Sterling first of all. Luke, absolutely awesome start to the season in all competitions. Still doing the business for England when he's allowed to play. A little bit quiet for City and I think he's one of those where you know he's got a big return in him. But he's it's just getting to the point now where at that price the money could be used elsewhere. But what's your view on this? It's another incredibly tough question, uh, similar to the Liverpool defence one, isn't it? I, I love Raheem Sterling. I have had him probably the last three seasons pretty much permanently, I think, um, and he's served me so well. So I'm reluctant to lose him. <laughs> he is so expensive and I've he's causing me issues because I'm captain. I think I've captained him about probably eight or nine times this season, which has generally gone pretty badly overall. Uh, at one point during the season, as I said, I've taken quite a lot of hits. I decided that Kevin De Bruyne was actually the better pick from Man City, and I sold Sterling to captain Kevin De Bruyne in my mind instead and spread the funds, which is what he's talking about now. So I went through that. Just as I did that, Sterling actually scored, uh, I think it was against Everton, and then he had a couple of, or he had an assist against Palace, and then he scored against Villa within four weeks, and Kevin De Bruyne sort of went off the boil. So I instantly reverted, got rid of Kevin De Bruyne and brought back Sterling thinking, what am I doing? He's going to he's gonna come back into it. And that seems to, again, have been a mistake because then De Bruyne started firing. So <laughs> I'm not the best person to ask this question. I have faith that he is going to return because he's one of the best players in the world, in my opinion. But then I feel like, is this like sort of Salah over again where he's got that, that previous history, he's got that high price, he's playing for one of the best teams, you expect him to do well and then doesn't ever quite hit that value. So I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. His numbers are still fantastic. Yeah, he's still, that's what he's I was still, 
Well, you, you yeah, go ahead. I was looking through them before, but they are still up there, and that's the thing that makes me think I'm going to keep him despite the bad games. But yes, yeah. see, a lot of people are saying that. You know, obviously, because he, he's been blanking that. Oh, he's just playing terrible. He's doing really, really bad. But he's really not. He's still really active for you know attacking stats for City. So if we look at it from a, a stats point of view, he's only got the one goal in his last six. So. Yeah, not great, but he is top for penalty area touches on 78, which is almost double the amount of who's in second. Uh, David Silver on 43. Yeah, he's got 16 attempts, which is joint fifth for midfielders. Four big chances, which is second for midfielders behind Mane on six. Uh, 14 attempts in the box, which is top for midfielders. Salah and Pulisic on 13. So um, I, I thought it looked a bit nearer in terms of the last four game weeks. So he's still top for penalty area touches. 59 Perez in second on 31 nine attempts which is quite low in the last four so that's 21st for midfielders eight of them being in the box two big chances but only one on target but if you look at it as a team where you know he can get goals you know they create chances you know City are still top for attempts over the last four top for chances created with a minute per chance every 4.5 minutes they are fourth behind Leicester, Manu and Burnley, surprisingly, for big chances over the last four on 13. So, yeah, there will be goals at City. There still is. They still, they're still scoring. They still scored more than two a game for the last, well, I don't know, eight, nine games. They're still scoring loads of goals. It's not like City have completely turned around and stopped scoring. I saw a tweet from FPL Prince just saying with Aguero, out does it mean that we keep Sterling because he should play all the all the games play up front they've got Newcastle and Burnley up next and he's been a bit unlucky with VAR some good points there I also saw a tweet from um, official FBL saying that Sterling has averaged 10.8 points per match with Jesus in the first team because now that Aguero is injured you assume that Jesus is going to play with him and he only managed uh, 26 points in the eight appearances without Jesus which is three Point three points per match. So, I mean, obviously, this data is only from three games that he's played with Jesus. So, I actually looked at it to see what positions he was taking up in those games. So, it was in game week one where he got the hat trick. He was the furthest forward in that, in front of Dilva, Jesus, and KDB, slightly to the left. Game week nine, he was a little further to the left in line with the 18 yard box line, but almost level with Jesus up the pitch. Uh, with KDB just behind him and game week 10 uh, he was the, the furthest forward again just a little to the left in line with the 18 yard box so I looked at all the other matches as well he's kind of in the same position just there are players like Aguero a little bit further forward than him so maybe it does affect him with Aguero playing I don't know I don't think it does I, I think that he, he still plays the same game no matter what but I looked as well, no Premier League player has actually scored more goals in all competitions this season than Raheem Sterling, level with Jimenez. So he is still doing well and he's still got the potential to score big. And I can see some goals from the Newcastle game and the Burnley game, to be honest. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I mean, um, I just think oh, it's, it's difficult. My He's still in my team. I'm not going to change him this week because the next two fixtures, I think he could do real damage in so i'm still um anxious to keep him at the moment yeah i think i'm going to do the same i i I do kind of like the move to sun uh in some ways because it obviously saves you some money and i can see the appeal there something new and shiny um who's doing pretty well and i think man city have just kind of 
just on the eye test, they kind of become a little bit predictable. It's kind of everything's kind of coming through Kevin De Bruyne or it doesn't happen at all, um, which is a surprise, to be honest, because they're usually creating chances, you know, from every angle, which they still are, but it's just, they don't quite seem at it at the moment. So there, there is that that sort of in the back of my mind, but we've been through it. I, I can't take him out against ahead of these two games. So I wouldn't forgive myself. I've been playing hokey cokey with him this season so far. And I actually think we're really quite unlucky that he missed game week six, which was the eight nil win over Watford. Now, I know we can't say for sure what would have happened there, but I'm pretty confident if he'd have played, it still would have been around that score and he would have had a a heap full of points from that game. And we might have been looking at this in a different light, even though they've come, you know, game week one, Hattrick against West Ham, and then he would have had maybe a lot of points there. It still doesn't matter if you've got him over the course of of the whole period. You've still got a lot of points in your team. So I'm keeping the faith maybe too stubbornly, but that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm also keeping the face. I mean, a lot, a lot of people are tempted by the Son move, and you can see why. But they scored four goals tonight. He only got the one assist. I don't know if that sways anything. I think you need to wait for the new manager bounce on that one. I think that Sterling can score big in these next two games. I think he's a hole for me too. Yeah, what about Mount? One of the, uh, didn't Vader ask about Mount? Anything to say about that? Yeah, we can quickly discuss Mount. He, he got benched in the last game because I think... Lampard just wanted to shore that midfield up a little bit more with Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic. I, I don't think that's a reflection on him being benched going forward. I think he'll come straight back into the team. It's just that he's not been providing the points lately and that's why people kind of want to get rid and move him to Pulisic or, or someone. But I do think that there's a lot of potential still there with him and I think if you've got other fires then I think he can wait, which he is for me. Um, yeah, I agree with all of that. <laughs> I think he'll come back in against West Ham. I would have thought so. I wouldn't have thought he'd play those three. I mean, he's not going to need to defend. He wouldn't have thought, assuming Pellegrini's still in charge, um, he should be starting. And, and in that game in particular, could do some damage. But like you say, it's kind of a, been a, a thing in the in the pipeline for a few weeks now where he's kind of looked like he's dipped a little bit in form. And I don't really like having a player who might be the second, third, fourth best pick in a team. And that kind of seems where he is at the moment. So... Mm-hmm. I can understand the the sell motive. Yeah, like we said last week, if you can get to the likes of Pulisic, then then do it. But uh, I can't, so I'm I'm just going to keep him. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll talk more about this in this next headline. So time for those sideways moves. DJ Newton has asked, considering the recent Twitter community template looks pretty firm, should we not stop talking about sideways moves? as a bad thing, but rather think about the likes of Sionchu to Chilwell, Mount to Pulisic, TAA to Robbo. That might give you the edge as their ownerships are much lower in the top 100k. Thoughts on this, Luke? Uh, I can I can kind of see that. I can see that um, that would appeal to have that slightly different pick. That strikes me as some very luxury moves, though, that um, I don't often have the opportunity to do. Um, I suppose I do because I'm taking hits left, right and centre. But the average <laughs> FPL manager wouldn't probably have that that option quite a lot of the time. However, I'd, I'd take it a step further. I'd actually say doubling up rather than necessarily swapping is is pretty good idea. I mean, if you think Soyuncu's a good pick, then Chilwell is also a good pick in my mind. So rather than just swap, I would look to get them both. And it's similar with Chelsea. I mean, he's saying Mount to Pulisic. Yes, I can see that one. But it's more about just having two or three players from the team. So Tammy Abraham and Pulisic is good. If you think Chelsea's attack is going to be good, then by all means, have two players from him. And, and again, with the Trent and Robbo, the double-up is a popular thing at the moment. So I can see I can see the appeal of it. However, I would probably just look at it slightly differently and say 
get them all if you can. If you, if you like one, <laughs> then maybe two is better. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, I suppose you, you look at it as if you've got Salah, you probably can't get Mane as well with wanting to keep your other players. So would you move over from Salah to Mane? I mean, like he's had his rest now, Salah. So I'm kind of on the side of keep him and he could be a great asset in the next game. But maybe you've missed the trick on, on Mane, but he, he is doing so well at the moment and he has got all the stats and uh, is scoring points every week. So... Maybe that's doable. Would you do that one, Luke? The Salah to Mane? Um, I think everything we've seen so far says that Mane is the better pick just for getting price. So I would be tempted. However, like you said, the situation now with him just coming back, actually having slightly lower ownership than Mane, and he is, you know, we all know one of the most explosive picks in the game. Um, at, I don't want to say differential, but somewhat of a differential. Um, it would be highly tempting to keep him. And I do prefer the double up in Liverpool's attack, the way the defence has been going. Um, so, I, again, I would go for the two if I could. And if it was just on that one isolation move, I would be tempted to leave it for Salah for a little while and then just swap because you're not really... I don't think you're losing out on price now. Are they, are they bang on the same price or very close, I think? Yeah, they're 12.2, both of them. Yeah, so I'd be tempted um, price price changes allowing to to hold as well on that one, to be honest, for at least one game week. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so we're down to uh, our range of questions now. We've answered all the headlines. So now let's get into the more individuals. So first of all, um, Ben has asked on Slack, from next week, we still have uh, eight game weeks uh, in just over a month. What did you learn from last year um, that you think might be crucial going to this uh, festive period? Other than just remember the game week deadline, which is crucial, isn't it? We all fall short of that. We forget there's a Tuesday night fixture. Let's be honest, most of us are obsessed and we'll know them off by heart anyway. But I suppose uh, this one from Ben is about how do we start considering the Christmas period, Luke? Um, yeah, I can't I can't even remember last year. My memory's going. I'm getting old. I'd say the biggest tip really is just I've been moving quite early on transfers this season and I would say that during this period it's even more important to wait for the press conferences to make your swaps. When there's such short um, time between games, um, you often get the press conferences you know, very quickly one after another and obviously players are going to pick up little injuries and be tired that would normally have been allowed to heal over a week's period but they, they don't have that time. So I would kind of ignore the prices for this little period and just go for the uh, you know, go off of the information that we're given and, and use it to your advantage. Because I think a lot of other players will act, you know, like you've said, there's other things going on during this time and they will act in the moment and just make moves when, you know, waiting for that information is probably is probably key. That that'll probably be my number one tip. The only other thing would be I wouldn't really make major surgery to your team or, or do anything different than you've been doing as long as it's working well. You know, there's going to be players that are going to miss the odd game, but you know, therefore swapping them out to a player who's going to get less points over the same period just to have him appear for a game week. I, I'm not really a fan of that. I'd rather just go with the people with the high point ceiling still and just take it on the chin. So maybe a little bit of love to your bench if you can if you can allow that to happen. But that's pretty much it. Just as you were, really. Yeah, but if I remember last season, I don't think I needed my second bench at all. I don't actually think I needed any of my bench. Uh, I just had the players which were still playing. I suppose you can look at it as maybe not to bring in 
two rotation rotational players and maybe look at some of the teams which aren't playing in Europe for the likes of Leicester and maybe in the likes of mm. Crystal Palace and, and players like that and teams like that. But yeah, I agree with you on the you know, leave it as long as you can, wait for news and try and get what you can from the press conferences. And yeah, don't worry about the price rises or anything and try and play this particular period because a lot of the time this season, all the bandwagons have kind of been a success. You're kind of hoping that some of the bandwagons are going to die down a little bit more. And over this Christmas period, I'm sure there will be some more bandwagons, which people are going to jump on, but you just kind of hope that if you just hold and wait and see what happens in terms of these quick games which come around you never know when there's going to be slight injuries here or there and hopefully you'll get something from these press conferences to to tell you what they are etc yeah indeed and i think there's um there's a few players out there that we we all know are good but they, they've got really good backup players and i think that's something to maybe just bear in mind if there's some players like vardy who are, who are going to play every game you could Inacho, maybe he'll come in for like one game or something, but you wouldn't expect him to start ahead of Vardy. Like maybe not at all. Um, so it's kind of like that. There are players out there that just have fantastic options um, in their position, sat on the bench. I'm thinking Pulisic here with um, Hudson Odoi, for example. You, yeah. know, you pretty much know already he he is going to be benched um, in a couple of the games. So it's just something to bear in mind, but not necessarily something to avoid you getting Pulisic. At the end of the day, if he scores a hat trick against the worst keeper ever seen uh, this week, then it's not going to matter if he, if you get two points because he doesn't play the week after. So. Yeah, I suppose maybe the likes of Aurea, he's got Walker-Peters and Foyth in the ranks and I think they're coming back fit. So yes, whether or not he's going to get all the games, I don't know. So players like that as well. Yeah. Okay, well, we've got some questions here about Arsenal. Um, first Yay. of all, Arsenal have let in, I think it's about 250 shots against them across the last 10 or 11 fixtures and they're averaging around five, sorry, a shot conceded every five minutes, which uh, Marvin is saying with the amount of shots they're actually letting in against their opponents, should we be targeting Arsenal from a, uh, an offensive perspective alongside Norwich and West Ham at the moment? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very easy, yes. I'm I think, brave saying I that. Think, I think, yeah, too, they're, they're very, they're capped more against us, aren't they? Any team playing us, I think if you've got one of them, then... Yeah, definitely. We're so lacklustre in defence. We're trying a different system now. We've got five at the back and still not working. Still the players that are playing in it. David Luiz, Sakata is just trying to play out from the back and it just doesn't work. And anyone playing against Arsenal, yeah, I would definitely, you know, you definitely start them. I wouldn't see Arsenal as a bad fixture. I'd see Arsenal as a good fixture offensively. But yeah, we're playing Norwich this weekend on Sunday and I can even see Pookie getting something. But I can see Arsenal getting something as well. So. But defensively, yeah, awful. And uh, yeah, target us if you can. I completely agree, yeah. Target them. I saw. I follow Statsbomb, which is quite a good um, account to follow on Twitter, actually. Lots of uh, r- really good people who tweet from that account. Lots of data. And um, I can't, again, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the shots that Arsenal conceding, it's not, it's not a recent thing. It's been happening for quite a long time. So yeah, um, shot volume is key in, in goals. So... Definitely target them if you can. Yeah, we definitely follow Statsbon. We had uh, James York on here from Statsbon. Oh, of course, yeah. He's going yeah. to be coming on uh, during the Christmas time as well. So we'll uh, look into those stats a little bit further. Stuff. Okay, and also on Arsenal, um, Arsenal form versus favourable fixtures. So can you actually trust the favourable fixture for the Gunners anymore? 
given our recent form from an attacking perspective, I suppose, given we've just talked about how bad we are defensively. No, I don't, I don't think you can trust us at all. It's... I mean, I've still got a Bamiyang. <laughs> I was going to say, and I can't believe I've still got him. It really pains me. He's not me. dead to you yet. To I, even know he's I hate though. watching Arsenal at the moment. I hate it. We're me just too. so bad. It just hurts me. But <laughs> we're playing Norwich, who are like the lowest, one of the lowest for shots conceded. Yeah, they're not a great defence. I think they got a little bit lucky in the last game against what was it, Everton, and. <laughs> I, I can't let go of Bamiyang here. In fact, I think I'm going to captain him this weekend just because I'm oh, down, I'm down where I am and I feel like what? it can happen. It can happen. You know, Aubameyang could have scored twice in the last game and he got the assist. So I feel like it can happen. If something's going to happen, it's going to happen in this game. Please. <laughs> Iceman, uh, do I need to send you our WhatsApp exchanges about post-weekend blues that you've had the last few game weeks? Yeah, I can. I can already see. Do not them. do this to yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna be, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be hanging on to every single kick that I'm, he takes. I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna put this out to the listeners on on Twitter and Slack. If uh, if you think the Iceman's mad to keep faith blindly in his beloved club, can you please uh, tweet us and? Convince him not to. It's going to be a landslide, I think. A pledge, a pledge to the listeners. Help the Iceman. He's helped the community over the years with these podcasts. Give back to the Iceman. Help him with this decision. Hashtag help the Iceman. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, any thoughts on Arsenal attacking assets? Avoid. <laughs> Lacazette is. It always looks like he's a good pick when he's playing. He keeps scoring points, but considering the other options, I still don't think it's a good idea. Really, it seems quite short term. Quite a few bad games and away games coming up where he's um he's often been benched in the past. I think in away games. So, alright, Luke, yeah. I'm going to turn this round on you. What if you had Aubameyang in your team and you have Vardy already and Abraham? Uh, in other words, if you have my team, uh, would you <laughs> it, would you get rid of Aubameyang before Norwich. Do you know what? My, you know, as my co-host is in the same position, and I tried to tempt him into a switch to Harry Kane. Yes, I don't so know if you've got a free transfer. Or I not. did. I did look at that. Yeah, I do have a free transfer. I did look at it, but I still kind of want to keep Aubameyang for this game. Yeah, and you're maybe like you maybe even the, the Brighton game as well. We play yeah. Brighton at home, and then we've got West Ham away. Maybe I'll remove him then. I don't know. It's it's painful, and uh, I mean, as soon as I I didn't have Vardy for a certain amount of games, as soon as I brought him in, I just felt so much better. And obviously, he's been scoring since then. Yeah, it is tempting to move him out, but I just think one last throw at the dice. <laughs> I like it. I, I like the I like the different. I like the faith. The he, differential. He is. Know. He is the. He's got the most games of five points or more out of any other player. Yeah, but they all happened in the first seven, eight weeks in a row. Yeah, but that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) He's above Vardy on nine. And Vardy's on eight, along with Mane on eight, De Bruyne and Robertson. It's been a bit worrying since Lacazette came back, though, don't you think? I don't think it's Lacazette. I just think... It's Emery, isn't it? Yeah, it's Emery. He's he's screwed the team over. I just think with everything going on at the club at the moment, this is a make or break. It feels like this. if he's not sacked beforehand, this this is the game that it will happen. That's what it feels like at the moment. There's so much negativity around the team. So it's either Aubameyang saves you and your FPL team, or (laughs) it goes the other way. I currently think it might be the other way, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Okay, so Alex has asked on Slack, is Jesus... 
viable option now with the Aguero injury. Jesus, of course, playing tonight for City. Got an assist in the Champions League. I haven't checked the latest, but uh, I, I was thinking about him. I mean, he's a cheaper option, cheaper way into the City team, uh, a priced annoyingly in the bracket that Vardy used to not be able to justify. You guys have sort of touched on him already. Just a, a quick, quick view on this. Um, I, I think he's viable. Yeah, At the end of the day, he's playing up front for Man City, um, who create a ridiculous amount of chances. So definitely viable. However, you. I think you're kind of booking in a swap with him because when Aguero comes back, you're then going to have to look at it. So in a way, it's it's two free transfers. If you go to one card, maybe though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, do I think he'll outscore you know the, the Vag as they're known as um, <laughs> the, the popular front line of Fardy, uh, Tammy Abraham, and Jimenez? Not um, that. You not heard that? No. Billy's not so, on Twitter, so he doesn't. See it. Okay. Oh yeah, let me think. You will be now. Top content out there hmm. involving Vag. But anyway, I, I kept, will he outscore them? I, I'm, I'm not sure he will. It's certainly one to think about, I think, if you're lower down in, in the ranks. But um, yeah, it's just the whole two free transfers thing. He's a great player who can score goals, but is he better than those picks? I'm not so sure. They've got bad yeah, games as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as, as Luke there. I, I just think that if, if you're bringing him in, you, you know you're going to have to get rid of him at some point. He could score some goals, but... Yeah, is he going to get hat tricks and things? I, I doubt it. It's almost not worth the risk just for the two chances. If you've got a wild card, you just want to try something different, maybe. But yeah, not not for me. We keep agreeing. This is strange. <laughs> so so much it. agreeing. Um, Emma has asked the question. So on Slack, which players have the biggest rotation risk over the festive period and which might you be shipping out? Uh, which players could perform well during the festive fixtures? So a um, few, few questions posed to us. Let's address the festive fixtures first of all. So, um, Luke, have you started thinking about this? Um, I have. Um, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier where I'm not going to come up with any you know, particular plan. I'm just going to carry on as I am, I think, and sort of take it on the chin if someone, if someone misses the game. Um, I do think there's a few players out there that are more solid than others. Um, you know, Vardy springs to mind. Uh, Robertson, despite... His ankle knock, I'd, I'd be surprised if he missed anything more than one game. Um, and Patrick Van Arnholt kind of teases me because they've got such good games and ultimately I don't think he's got you know any backup in his position, so I, I suspect he should play most of them. Um, it's just whether he will he will actually score any points because Palace haven't been doing that well uh, of late. But I, I really do like to play the fixtures, so he is he is certainly one I'm looking at. Um, the, other, the other names I've got written down here are Kane I'd expect to play most of the games like usual uh, Raheem Sterling probably play most of the games and uh, I'd expect Mo Salah who has often been flogged into the ground as well um, so as long as he's back from his injury I'd expect he'd play most of them as well so they're, they're the names I've jotted down for this I don't know what um, you guys think yeah I agree with that also I've probably put in there Zaha as well he should play all the games mm. uh, but if you look at players maybe even Aubameyang <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, if you look at players like um, Abraham you know, there's a lot of rotation there Rashford I think probably get a lot of games Jimenez again although you're a little bit worried about that Europa League as well I think he'll get most of the Premier League games yeah same players for me uh, you just got to be wary of uh, those players which you know have got that risk to them like, for the likes of you know Pookie won't, won't get subbed but you think that Ings might do he's got replacements there 
So, yeah. But Tammy Abraham's had his minutes managed in every game so far, I think. And they've obviously got Giroud and Bashwai. So, I yeah, would not be surprised if he sees um, quite a few games bench, yeah, maybe. If he plays in the Champions League tomorrow, uh, is it tomorrow they play? I think it is. Um, then I'll be a little bit worried whether or not Bashwai might start against West Ham. You never know mm. if you know, he's going to give him. Because obviously they play again three days later against Aston Villa. So you don't know what Lampard's going to do. He's a new manager to to this um, amount of games that we've seen. So you, you never know what's going to happen with that. Yeah, he has he has been playing in Europe up to this point, but so it's, he's stepping up another notch now. And he yeah. just keeps getting his minutes managed. So it's certainly one to, to look out for. I'd even throw Kevin De Bruyne into that bracket. I think he looked really tired again tonight. Um, I'd expect that he will he will be benched in a few games um, just because he has been already and he's their prize asset and he, he really does look tired at the moment. So I know they're not necessarily in a position to to do that, some people will say, because they're chasing Liverpool, but I don't think Pep thinks about that. I, I think he just thinks about you know his current players for that team and if Kevin De Bruyne is literally getting flogged, it, losing him for the whole season is you know, basically going to be nailing the coffin for them. So I do think he'll... He'll get wrapped up at some point. Yeah, he came off at seventy tonight. Okay, yeah, I, I think just over the over the Christmas period, he will he will be benched. At the end of the day, they've got quite a few players who can play in the centre midfield role, and they survived the whole season last season without him. So yeah. So we had we had loads of questions across uh, Slack and Twitter. Thank you for those again. But we've got quite a lot of podcasts here, so we're not going to get a chance to answer all of them. But thank you again for contributing and keep posting questions. We will get to you. But it's time for the Iceman to take his break. Thank you very much, dying. Okay, welcome back from the Iceman's scheduled rest break. So let's talk about our partners. First of all, it's the time to go through Mikhail Topfam's algorithm. Last week, it suggested that the Iceman should go Sterling to Mane, Mount to Madison, or go two transfers, Mount to Mane and Aubameyang to bloody Danny Ings. But I've got Vardy now, so I'm safer. So safe. So much safer now. Um, yeah, so the Iceman did KDB, Connolly, Dinia to Tielemans, Vardy and Lindstrom was better off for the move. So he's feeling very chuffed with that. Uh, this week, the algorithm is suggesting Iceman to you, Sterling to Pulisic, uh, Orba to Ings, Orba to Rashford or Mount to JWP. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to do any of those. I'm not, I'm not going to do any of them, no. No, don't fancy that. Um, in conclusion, save a transfer. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's uh, poor money allocation. So, uh, you know, I need to wait for Champions League lineups and, and so. So, uh, that is actually what I'm doing this week. So, uh, sneak peek to Traptons. Uh, I will be saving a transfer this week. Okay, well, we're also partnered with the Fantasy Football Hub. Uh, we've got a 10% discount offer for all of you FPL surgeons out there. So, fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, 10% off if you go to the website and put in surgery 10. Get involved in that. Uh, we're also partnered with FPL Doodles, some fantastic doodles from the FPL headlines. Fantastic stuff at FPL Doodles 1 on Twitter. So, it's time for Trap Tins. 
Let's go to our guest first for this. So, Luke, who's your transfer going to be this week and who is your skipper? I am going to do Mount to Pulisic and go for that sideways switch. And I'm very tempted. It's currently on him to captain Pulisic. Oh, that's I looked at that's a nice differential captain for this game week. There's yes, a, there's a lot of options this game week as well. Isn't there it? is. The, my, my thought process there is essentially I have most of the options that um, that are captain picks and therefore how much can they hurt me? Like this week I got 62 points by captaining Sterling. I still had Vardy. It didn't hurt me that much. So I feel like if I want to make a massive rank jump, I have to captain a, a differential. And when you throw in West Ham's keeper, I really do like uh, the fact that Pulisic is selfish and had quite a lot of shots. So there is a there is a... A part of me that may change that depending on the Champions League. If he plays 90 minutes, etc. Again, there's a chance I may get a cameo off him. So it is high risk, I think. But I, I am interested. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the differential option there. Um, okay, Iceman, we know who your transfer is going to be, or not rather. Who's your skipper? <laughs> it's going to be Aubameyang. Uh, <laughs> almost reluctantly circle, we hate Arsenal they're awful to watch but he's my skipper I'm definitely captain of Amiang it's got to be it's going to give me the biggest rank jump ever when he scores a hat check do you not know this I do have a you are having a bubble bath I, I do, I well, do they, have Marshall Vardy and Abraham though, so could, could punt on them you've literally got shoe-ins at your fingertips that you can go over but I mean to be fair if, if you're wanting to take a single game week risk on a jump i mean it could could be really good for you couldn't it because you would have thought people would be going for those other options yeah imagine, they're, imagine they're, they're all gonna blank so obamiang's gonna score two goals and assist blank bamiang for the week let's uh let's see what happens okay well i've already done my transfer for this week actually i was quite decisive oh, so i had a horrendous striking uh situation where i had vardy greenwood and uh connelly up front <laughs> <laughs> which was a really bargain basement setup. So um, I looked at what was available. I was actually toying with bringing in Danny Ings because he's in great form, but I, I'm just not convinced that he is as sustainable as Raul Jimenez. So I've brought in the Mexican man up front to partner Vardy for me. Yeah, that's a solid move. He's obviously doing really well at the moment. But with Ings, he has scored, like I think he's got five in his last seven. Mm. And Saints did get... Uh, 21 shots versus Arsenal so yeah <laughs> yeah maybe they're in form now yeah I was I was sizing up um, who they're both playing in the next game week because obviously Ings is at home against Watford which is which isn't a bad fixture uh, but Jimenez has got Sheffield United at home then he's got West Ham at home and the, the fodder that is Roberto um, and Saints after that play Norwich so both of them have pretty decent fixtures coming up but I just feel Jimenez is more sustainable. I think Danny Ings can snap at any moment, to be honest. Yeah, Jimenez has got the form. He's got eight and eight for club and country. Yeah, so yeah he, he loves the goal scoring. So we're going to go with him this week. Um, in terms of skipper, tricky one. I was looking at Pulisic as well against Roberto, but actually I like uh, Vardy against the crisis Everton side at the moment. Equally, you've got you know the, the City players. I was thinking De Bruyne as a differential against Newcastle. But to be honest, I think I'm just going to set and forget on Jamie Vardy and see what the weekend brings. See, I don't like the Vardy captaincy. I, I mean, I, I'm not doing well at the moment. It's probably why. But I think Everton are capable of showing that they can defend. Like I mentioned earlier, they were like doing well for the stats. And I think that they are able to pull off a performance. I know that Coleman came out at the end of the game and said it's not good enough and I do think they can change things around. They've got the personnel to do it. So 
I would be a bit wary of doing that. I know he's in form, he seems to be scoring every game, but I, I think that uh, if you've got the other options, I would go them instead. Not to say that Vardy won't score. Yeah, it's it's a nice. Um, yeah, it's a not nice. It's a uh, it, it's a reasonable um, caution. Um, I, I've just my, my philosophy this season is I'm, I'm going to go with some of the more obvious picks that I didn't do last year. So I'm going to stick with the Vardy form, and you can you can say I've got egg on my face in the next game week when yeah, Aubameyang got his hat trick. A yeah. lot of people, a lot of others are so it's a doable one. Let's see, let's see. So yeah, that's the two for me. In terms of our mini leagues, then, so first of all, the Patreon mini league, the top three, some familiar faces here or names rather. Andreas Toft is in third place, making up ground on Tim Regan Morris. Come on, Tim, let's do it for the Isle of Wight. Stay in there, mate. Uh, atop is Matt Phillips, who's just displaced Tim uh, with his just Matip side, 805 points, cracking game week, 81. Good job. Uh, we, we, then, can't, we can't be biased towards our patrons, by the way. <laughs> no, we can't, but come on, Tim. <laughs> and uh, in terms of, our, you, you know what the Isle of Wight's like. In terms of our public podcast mini league, the code to join is CCCJK2. Ridiculous code. Um, our top 10. So we've got, let's get ready for this. So 10th place, Kendall Stephen. 9th place, William McCauley. Eighth place, we've got Mike Butcher. Seventh place, Prabigia Kaffi. Uh, sixth place, Alex Nielsen. Fifth place, Halstein Yustabo. Fourth place, Christina Hogseth. Third, we've got Theodore Ikbaka. Second place, Rui Dolivera. And first place is Kevin Allen. Great job. We had a high-scoring seventh place, forever young side there. 93 this game week but uh yeah kevin allen four points clear at the top of the public league you did very well to say the newcomer's name as well i was gonna say i'm very impressed with that very impressed well done yeah sometimes that goes horribly wrong but uh again if anybody's name has been uh, pronounced wrong and you're offended i'll give you the email to complain to shortly right so let's come back to our guest we want their top three picks for this game week and three differentials that are going to give you the edge. So I'm going to hand back to Luke. Uh, if you want to take the floor with your top three picks. Yeah, nothing groundbreaking here. These are all highly owned players um, with great games. So Mane's number one. Uh, he's blanked once in the last uh, six weeks. So he's a consistent captain. He's also got four double-digit hauls, including a nine... Well, not including, but also a nine-point haul last week. So explosive and consistent what more do you want um so he's he's definitely up there vardy's already been mentioned again very similar to Mane. blank once in his last seven five double digit hauls for him and he's the highest scorer in the game so no brainer for me there and next to tammy abraham i've literally written west ham keeper so um <laughs> that's all i really need to say about him as well i think um i think if you if you don't have those three in your team potentially could struggle this week um, in terms of differentials uh, Hernandez is probably the standout one from uh, from Norwich. He's um, he's not he's not doing that well in terms of uh, shots on goal and stuff, which obviously you'd like to see. Um, just watching him play, he just looks integral to their team, um, and it's it's getting around to this targeting Arsenal thing again. Um, I, I think that's a good shout to have. Also, if you if you take a look at his heat map um, for the season long, and I've, I've posted it on my Twitter actually. You'll see just how advanced he's been. Now I know that's I think he's only started three games and he's had three substitute appearances, I think. But it just really shows how gung ho he's been uh, when he's played, right on the uh, the very touchline, right up against the, the goal as well. So I think 
Pookie could actually benefit from that maybe more than him, but he's probably going to uh, get an assist or something, I'd like to say. Um, who else have we got? So Deli Ali is another, another pretty obvious one. Scored again tonight. Um, reasonably good form his last five. Looks to be back to his best, and we touched on it during the pod. He, he's a player who's got a proven history of, of scoring um, very, very well. So he, he's a good pen pick for now, I think. And Jesus is the third one, who we also touched on. You know, at the end of the day, they're playing Newcastle, and he's he's likely to start up front for Man City. So I think he's a good pick. He's actually returned in all four games that he's played over 60 minutes in. He's returned in every single one of them. It's only four times he's actually played over 60 minutes, bear in mind. So it looks like minutes are his only issue when it comes to returning. So, yeah, I like him. Great picks. Love him. Yeah, cracking picks there. So uh, heed Luke's wisdom there. Jump on those. We've got the feedback box, Iceman, and uh, this is a nice one by FPL underscore FPL. Uh, this is by far the best FPL podcast out there. I love it. Had to include that one. That's as good an endorsement as we'll get. So thank you, <laughs> FPL, FPL. And the handle is actually at FPL Neard. So uh, loving that. It's not Neard, it's Nerd. It's clearly Nerd. Didn't read that right. Uh, no, thank you, FPL Nerd. That's very much appreciated. However, next week's guest is James Linden from the Planet FPL podcast. So he might have a thing or two to actually say about that. He will have a lot to say on Tottenham. He's a massive Tottenham fan, if people didn't know. And he goes to nearly then- every single game. Right, well, then we'll tell him he's wrong if he doubts that we're the best FPL podcast and that he's wrong for supporting Spurs. <laughs> he will tell them that, yeah. And then he'll say... Piss off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably will. This is... Uh, yeah. He's a nice well, guy. No, looking forward to having him. Does sound like a nice guy. Looking forward to spending uh, a couple of hours of him next week sharing all things North London and how well we're all doing. Yeah. Right, speaking of how well we're doing, let's hear the wisdom of Sexy Thoughts. Okay, here he is. FPL Sexy with Sexy Thoughts. This Sexy Thoughts goes out to the fireys as I stand here in the morning walking my dog underneath these trees with burnt leaves and ashes everywhere on the ground. Still, the fire and the smoke hasn't really passed, but we're all safe. Definitely, this Sexy Thought goes out to the fireys, the fire service in New South Wales, the rural fire service, all the volunteers, everyone involved. They save so many lives, so many houses. We could have been facing massive, massive devastation. And to think that these guys go without seeing their family for weeks on end, four hours of sleep at night, they probably don't eat. It's absolutely amazing. I come home, I stay at home because of the kids and I don't want to leave the kids. And these guys put their lives on hold for everything. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, Fireys. Ew. Yeah, it's a shout out to the fire brigade out in Australia. Obviously, there's been some terrible fires out there recently. And in fact, my, my dad was a fireman at some point. So they do risk their lives every time they go out. So yeah, appreciate that. Sexy. Great thoughts. Great thoughts again, Sexy. Thank you for taking the time to do that once more. We've got our usual extra question here coming from that man, the Mad Hatter. Listen out for Alexa's afterthoughts after the end credits. Uh, Mad Hatter, though. Fun fact, the Sami people of northern Finland use a measure called poronkusima, the distance a reindeer can walk before needing to urinate. Interesting fact. <laughs> Loving that. So if you uh, see a, a walking, pissing reindeer, then uh, that, that's the terminology. Uh, why not sign up to our Slack channel and uh, interact with Mad Hatter to find out more about Finnish culture? <laughs> right, okay. So let's... Uh, Let's end the pod now. So first of all, before we say goodbye, if you would like to find out all things FPL surgery, go to our website, fplsurgery.com. 
Uh, if you'd like to support us, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Join the mini league. The code is CCCJK2. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter at FPL Surgery. We are on iTunes. I always say it, but please give us a rating, a little comment, or any feedback, good or bad, because it just helps us to become more visible to the FPL community and for the fledgling FPL players looking for a bit of wisdom and advice. Uh, for any complaints about how I've pronounced your name, offences caused, or just things that you liked, email us info at fplsurgery.com. Iceman, do we have a PO box as well? No. Maybe we'll get one of those. Um, I want to thank our guest, Luke. Thanks for joining us. Been really good having you on board. Love some of the ideas that you've thrown our way this evening. Yeah, thank you, Luke. Great. No problem. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Luke, just as a quick reminder to the uh, listeners, if people want to interact with you about all things FPL, where can they find you? What sort of things are you involved with? Uh, you know, tell tell the listeners more. Uh, yeah, just Twitter handle is probably the best, which is ffscout underscore Luke. You'll find me on there. I've got a picture of a goose on there at the moment as um, as part of my podcast uh, host. We do a, a an FPL Top Guns show um, with FF Scout as so Maverick and Goose uh, around Top Guns. So I'm currently he's currently the Maverick. Unluckily for me, <laughs> love it. Okay, so we've got the Goose. Yeah, get involved. Thank you again, Luke. Um, Iceman. It's, uh, it's heading into December. It's your it's the time of year that you thrive in when the temperatures plummet and the festive season is closer. What about some wisdom to help our listeners heading into December? There's never any never any wisdom for me. Okay, so on that uh, on that bombshell. Thank you for listening. Good luck in your game weeks. Talk to you in the next one. Up the pod. Up the pod. Do I have to say something? Is you, you have to say up the pod. Sorry. Up the pod. Hey. Hey. You electro. Oh, yeah, I've got to play Alexa's Arsefalls. Hold on. Alexa, keep it short, circuit. Ah, Matt Hatter, why don't you slip into something more comfortable, like a coma? Slag. This game week sees Moinio getting his first win of the season. Watford getting another humorous humiliation. Vardy continues to impress, while Sterling continues to depress. My captain choice for this week is Vardy. I've given up on Sterling. Well, that's all from me. Oh, Mad Hatter. I've just got around to watching the Spider-Man films. They're really good, and got me thinking, maybe you were bitten by a radioactive prick. Oh, kill me.